Chapter twenty three of the Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred. By Francois Rene de Chateaubriand. Chapter twenty three. A moment in my native town. Remembrance of La Villeneuve and of the trials of my youth. I am recalled to Combourg, last interview with my father, I enter into the army, farewell to Combourg. Two months rolled away. I found myself again alone in my maternal isle. La Villeneuve had just died. Going to weep by the side of the empty poor bed where she had expired, I cast my eyes upon the small wicker go-cart in which I had first learned to stand erect on this sorrowful globe. I figured to myself my old nurse from the extremity of her couch, fixing her eyes upon the rolling basket this first monument of my life in presence of the last monument of the life of my second mother the idea of the prayers for happiness which the good villeneuve addressed to heaven as she was departing on behalf of her foster-child that proof of an attachment so constant so disinterested so pure deeply affected me and gave rise to strong feelings of tenderness regret and gratitude besides this there was nothing of my past life at st malo I sought in vain in the harbour for the ships among whose ropes I played. They had sailed or were broken up. In the town, the house in which I was born was transformed into a tavern. I was almost in contact with my cradle, and already an age had rolled away. A stranger to the scenes of my youth, those who met me asked who I was, merely because my head had risen a few lines above the ground, towards which it will bend anew in the course of a few years. How rapidly and how many times do we change our existence and our fancies? Friends leave us, others succeed them. Our engagements vary. There is always a time when we possess nothing of what we once possessed, a time when we have nothing of that which we once had. The life of man is not always the same. There are many changes, and this constitutes its misery. Henceforth, without a companion, I explored the shore, which witnessed my castles of sand. Campos ubi troja fuit the plain where Troy stood. I walked upon the deserted sea-beach. The sands, forsaken by the tide, presented me with the image of those desolate places which our illusions leave around us when they withdraw. My fellow-countryman, Abelard, full of the recollections of Eloise, looked eight hundred years ago at these waves as I do now. Like me, he saw some vessel far on the horizon, ad horizontas undas, and his ears were lulled with the monotony of the waves, as mine were now. I exposed myself to the violence of the surge by yielding myself up to the power of these unhappy thoughts which I had brought with me from Combourg. Cape Lavard formed the limit of my excursions. Seated on the extremity of the cape, full of bitter reflections, I recollected that these rocks had formed my hiding-place in my youth on fetch days. There I fed upon my tears, whilst my companions were intoxicated with joy. I felt myself neither more beloved nor more happy. I was soon about to leave my country to measure out my days in various climes. These reflections harassed me to death, and I was tempted to throw myself into the sea. A letter recalled me to Combourg. I arrived, supped with my family. My father said not a word. My mother sighed. Lucille appeared, confounded. At ten o'clock we retired. I questioned my sister. She knew nothing. The next morning at eight o'clock I was sent for. I went down. My father was waiting for me in his cabinet. Sir, said he, you must renounce your follies. Your brother has obtained for you an ensign's commission in the regiment of Navarre. You must presently set out for Rennes, and thence to Cambrai. 
here are a hundred louis d'or take care of them i am old and ill i have no long time to live behave like a good man and never dishonour your name he embraced me i felt the hard and wrinkled face pressed with emotion against mine this was my father's last embrace count chateaubriand a man so terrible in my eyes only appeared to me at this moment as a father most worthy of my affection i threw myself upon his withered hand and wept he was labouring under the first attack of paralysis it brought him to his tomb his left arm was affected by a convulsive movement which he was obliged to restrain with his right hand thus holding his arm and having given me his old sword without allowing me a moment to recover myself he led me to a cabriolet which was waiting for me in the courtyard he made me enter it in his presence and the postillion drove off whilst i continued with my eyes to salute my mother and sister who stood bathed in tears on the steps i passed along the road by the fish-pond i saw the reeds frequented by the swallows the mill-stream and the meadows and i cast a look upon the castle then like adam after his fall i entered upon an unknown land the world was all before me since then i have only seen combourg three times after my father's death we met there in mourning to divide our inheritance and to say farewell a second time i accompanied my mother to combourg she was engaged in furnishing the castle she expected my brother who was about to bring my sister-in-law into bretagne my brother did not come he and his young wife soon found from the hands of an executioner a very different pillow from that prepared by the hands of my mother finally i passed through combourg on my way to embark at st malo for america the castle was deserted i was obliged to take up my quarters at the steward's house in passing along the great mall from the bottom of an obscure alley i got a glimpse of the deserted entrance the door and windows were closed i became ill i regained the village with difficulty sent to order my horses and set out at midnight after an absence of fifteen years before quitting france anew and going to the holy land i hastened to meet at fougeres all that remained of my family i had not courage enough to undertake the pilgrimage of the fields where the brightest years of my life were spent in the woods of combourg i became what i am there i began to feel the first attacks of that ennui which i have carried with me through life of that melancholy which has constituted my torment and my happiness there i sought for a heart which could understand mine there i saw my family united and there dispersed there my father dreamed of the re-establishment of his name and the repair of the fortunes of his house another vision which time and revolutions have dissipated we were six children we are now only three my brother julie and lucile are no more my mother died of grief and the ashes of my father have been torn from his tomb should my work survive me should i be destined to leave a name behind me some day perhaps the traveller guided by these memoirs may go to visit the places i have described he will be able to recognise the castle but he will look in vain for the great woods the cradle of my dreams has disappeared like the dreams themselves standing alone on its rocky foundation the old keep laments for the oaks the ancient companions which surrounded it and protected it from the storm isolated like it i have seen fall around me the family who adorned my days and afforded me shelter happily my life is not so firmly attached to the earth as the tower in which i pass my youth a man is less able to resist the storm than the monuments which he has raised End of chapter 23